the Woodside Church Podcast. This is the last in our series, Fan the Flame Exhortations from 2 Timothy. When I preached last time, we looked at the exhortation to fan into flames the gift of the Holy Spirit within us. The Holy Spirit within us is also our guarantee of what is to come for us in eternity. And what I want to fan into flame today is a focus on eternity, which is something that Paul clearly had. So let's enter Paul's world today to see how in 2 Timothy he writes with an eternal focus. And the first thing we see about Paul is that a focus on eternity increases our ability to know and trust God. Recently, as a Woodside staff team, we've begun hearing short versions of each other's life stories. And when you get to know someone's story, you get to know and hopefully trust them better. And knowing God's plan from the beginning to the end helps us to know and to trust him better. And Paul knew God's story very well. So let's read in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 10 to 12. And now he, as God, has made all of this plain to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus, our Saviour. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life and immortality through the good news. And God chose me to be a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of this good news. That is why I'm suffering here in prison. But I'm not ashamed of it, for I know the one in whom I trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. Those that stand the most securely in times of trouble are those who know their God and are able to trust him. Paul was in a time of trouble. He was in prison, facing probably the end of his life. But he was able to say, I know Jesus who came to this world to reveal God to us. I know the one who died for me. And I know the one who broke the power of death as he rose again from the dead. I know the one who showed me how to live for him. I know the one who's promised me eternal life. I know the one who chose me to be a preacher, apostle and teacher of this good news. And even though Paul is suffering in prison because of the gospel, he's able to say, I know the one in whom I trust. And looking forward, he's able to say, and I'm sure that he's able to guard what I've entrusted to him until the day of his return. Since his conversion, Paul had lived single-mindedly for the ongoing spread and success of the gospel across the world. And now he was entrusting to God that what he had begun in his lifetime would continue and progress through future generations as he was passing on the baton and that it would have its final completion on the day that Jesus returns. Paul knew that he was in a pivotal stage in human history between the first and the second coming of Jesus. And we are still in that stage 
in 2020. Paul knew personally that God, he could be confident in God and that God would outwork his plans towards a most glorious and eternal future. He knew that his living and serving Christ was not in vain. And for you, knowing God as you do, you can be sure that God is able to guard what you have entrusted to him right up and until the day that Jesus returns. And in the light of this, Paul also had a focus on eternity that encourages us to fully carry out the ministry that God has given us. 2 Timothy 4.5, Paul says to Timothy, but you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry that God has given you. Now, for us, only a small minority within the church or within any church uh, are preachers or apostles, pastors or full-time Christian workers. But we all have a ministry. We all have a works of service given to us by God. For me, I, I, I've in my uh, working life, I, I've not just been a church leader as I am now, but I've also been a school teacher. And both were equally works of service uh, for God. And we're all called to fully carry out the works of service that God's given us to do. And we do this because of what he did for us through the cross and his resurrection. Our lives have been changed. We're now his, we're his servants, we're his people. We're serving and glorifying him in life, but also with an eternal focus. And the power and glory of the church is this, that it consists of ordinary people from every walk of life, joined as one family in Christ, carrying the good news of Jesus, knowing that people's eternal destiny is at stake. In your working life, for those of you who work, the way that you work, your attitudes, the way you respond to pressure, the way you relate to others that you work with, the way you serve those that your, your company, your business, your school, your hospital is serving, actually speak of Christ. And it's a glory in him, uh, in all that he does. The way that you uh, are a, f a friend to those that you work with makes a big difference. At different stages in life, you may be young parents uh, with, uh, with children, young children. And the way that you serve uh, 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 and, and uh, your children, the way that you bring them up, the way that you are with family and friends and others of your age group and stage of life can shine for Jesus. Whoever we have a meaningful relationship with, being a good friend to those around you is a ministry. Caring for them, doing them good, praying for them, inviting them to an event or to an online service, uh, meeting uh, them and spending time with them and introducing them to Christian friends. Do you know some of the most effective people have not only been those 
who have the skill to actually lead someone to Christ, but also those who are just brilliant at making friends, who become very warm towards the Christian message. Imagine being in your eternal future one day and someone coming up to you and saying, do you know, I'm here, yes, because of Jesus, but also because of your friendship and love towards me. Wow. Wouldn't that be just quite amazing? So like Paul, we can entrust to God everything that we do, everything that we pray for, everything that we're believing God for. And we can say, along with Paul, I know the one in whom I trust. And I'm sure that he is able to guard what I've entrusted to him until the day of his return. It seems that whatever Paul did had an eternal focus. And when we focus on an event in the future, it makes a difference to how we live our lives. At the moment, as we all know, many are at a loss because they want to prepare for Christmas, but they don't know how to do it because of the restrictions of the stage that we're at in the pandemic. A focus on eternity encourages us to fully carry out the ministry that God has given us. It puts it into context and it's something where we know there is a future, a future reward and future fruit from the labours that we engage in. Thirdly, we see from Paul, a focus on eternity motivates us to raise the next generation. With this focus on eternity, Paul was handing on the baton to Timothy. In 2 Timothy 4, 1 to 2, we read this. Paul says to Timothy, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. There he is with an eternal focus. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favourable or not, patiently correct, rebuke and encourage your people with good teaching. See, Paul is conscious of passing on the baton. He's not going to be around much longer, but he knows that the purposes of God will reach their fulfilment. And his role at this point is to ensure that the next generation is raised up well. Now, each of us, unless we're very, very young, is at a stage where we can be involved in raising up, encouraging another generation behind us. At this particular lockdown period, it's really important for parents with children still at home in particular, whatever their age, to be encouraging them in the things of God because you haven't got Sundays. You can't rely on them going to Woodside Kids or going to some of the clubs and finding out more about Jesus and being focused on him in this way. And you're praying with them and opening up the children's Bible with them and talking to them about the Lord and encouraging them uh, in, in the things of God at the appropriate level to their age is so important right now. It's a part of raising up the next generation. So pleased that our youth have now got youth church, at least for the time being. Most of the leaders of that are in their 30s, 20s or in their late teens. 
I can remember some of them and they were young people, teenagers themselves. And it's just wonderful seeing one generation raising up another generation. And please encourage and pray for those in the church who are in a younger generation than you. For me, some of our more seniors, those in their 70s and 80s, encourage me. And believe it or not, uh, I'm a younger generation as far as they're concerned. And I'm so encouraged and thankful for those who sometimes say to me, I pray for you. Uh, I really want to encourage you with this or that. And it makes a difference. A focus on eternity motivates us to raise the next generation. And then finally, we learn from Paul in these verses in Timothy that a focus on eternity helps us face our own death, our own eternity. Paul gets up close and personal in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 to 8. He says, as for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I fought the good fight. I finished the race and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. We are so used to a competitive environment where there is one winner or a few and everybody else loses. But that's not the case as we face eternity. It's more like, I like to say, a bit more like the London Marathon uh, or a similar event. And I know there's an elite race with elite uh, runners uh, who that's all they do all of the time but the main focus is on the thousands who enter the race who run at their own pace often for charity or uh, for other motivations and at the end when they get to that finishing place they all receive a medal they're all winners and there is a reward waiting for you when you go to be with Christ. And Paul was making this so clear. And no doubt the greatest reward of all for each of us will be seeing Jesus face to face and him looking at you personally and saying to you by name, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. Paul then talks about when death comes. And in 2 Timothy 4.18, the second part, he says this, The Lord will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. All glory to God for ever and ever. Amen. Paul writes confidently about what happens when a believer dies. He says, the Lord will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. Do you know there's so much fear in death? But when we know that the Lord, at our time to go to be with him, will safely bring us into his heavenly kingdom, that's a wonderful strength and comfort 
as we look towards eternity. In Romans 8, 18, Paul said, I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. And the very first thing in the list that he gives, and he gives quite a long list, neither death nor life can separate us from God's love. And in the whole process, for those who are in Christ, of passing from this life into eternity, from the, the time that we pass away, that we actually go to be with Jesus. There isn't one second in all of that when we are separated from God's love. Isn't that amazing? And then Paul finally exclaims in that verse, all glory to God forever and ever. Amen. He has an eternal focus. We will be with the Lord forever and ever. Last month, on the 24th of October, the oldest person in Britain died. Her name was Joan Hockard, and she was 112 years old. It's quite, quite remarkable. Born on the 19th of March, 1908. I know this because I saw this on the news, and what a long life. I mean, if I live as long as she uh, did, then I'd have another 48 years left to live, which seems like a pretty long time. Then at the very end of the month, the comedian Bobby Ball died, aged 76, after testing positive for COVID-19. He actually became a Christian in 1986, and along with uh, his co-partner as, as comedians, uh, Tommy Cannon, um, who became a Christian in 1992, uh, they wrote a book together called Christianity for Beginners. You see, once they were uh, saved by Jesus, they wanted to share uh, within their context uh, about what it was to follow Jesus. And however long we live, whether it's really long or whether it's a shorter time, however long each of our lives might be, our time span of our own lives compared with eternity is really very short indeed. And recently I've just likened it to uh, looking at a word in the Bible and just thinking, well, just one word, uh, if that represented my life, um, then compared, uh, and then every other word is like uh, my full eternity, then compared with eternity, our lifespan is really very short. It's like one word in my Bible. But then you add all the other words that there are, page after page after page of eternity. It goes on forever and ever. We will forever be with the Lord. All glory to God forever and ever. Just like the hymn writer said, in amazing grace, when we've been there 10,000 years bright shining as the sun, we'll have no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Today is Remembrance Sunday, when we're remembering and giving thanks for the many whose lives were cut short in World Wars 1 and 2 and subsequent conflicts. Every day we're given the latest statistics of those who died in the COVID pandemic. But the day is coming when all of these kind of things will forever pass away. 
We read in Revelation 21, the day when there will be a new heaven and a new earth. A day when God's home will now be among his people. When there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All of these things will be gone forever. And when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are praying ultimately with an eternal focus for this. So a focus on eternity increases our ability to know and trust God, motivates us to raise the next generation. Focus on eternity encourages us to fully carry out the ministry God has given us and it also helps us to face our own death whenever that may come. And looking forward, we know that there's a day to come when Jesus will return to this earth, bringing justice, judgment and reward. There'll be a new heaven and earth in which all who believed in him from every nation, tribe and language will live with God forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we've come to know you and we trust in you. Thank you that living for you has its reward, both in this life, but even more in the next. Oh, Father God, motivate us to keep our focus on you in these days. Um, and the fact that you are with us now empowering us for every good work, knowing that our eternal future is secure in you because of what you've done for us through the death and resurrection of Jesus. We pray that you'd help us to keep our eyes focused forward with great thanksgiving and anticipation, seeking to be used by you in our generation in any way you want. We thank you, Jesus, that you're coming again. We thank you that we will live forever with you in a new heaven and a new earth. We thank you that the old things will have passed away. And we thank you for the glorious future that's ahead. Help us to trust in you to keep that as our focus and to believe you for great things in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.